Amen. Well, as Matt said, we actually did make it. Made it through a year none of us, a year ago today, expected. (laughs) But God is indeed faithful. And we sing how great thou art, because he is our great God. And through it all, he has not failed us. And he has not failed you. And that's why we're here tonight. Whether in person, watching online, or perhaps even watching this later. We're here to worship God and to give thanks for his mysterious providence, his almighty power, and his unending faithfulness to us, his people. And so we're going to spend some time in his word tonight because that's what we need. We, we have now offered up our voices in prayer and in praise to him. But really the voice that needs to be heard tonight is his. We need him to speak to us. Because one word from him can bring worlds into being. And can change everything in our lives and in our world in a moment. So let's turn to our text for tonight. I want to spend a few moments in the word tonight. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verses 6 through 10 will be our text. Paul's first letter to Timothy the fourth chapter, and we're going to read together verses uh, 6 through 10. I'm going to ask you to please stand as we read Holy Scripture together. This is God's holy word for us, his people. God says, If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. This is God's word for us. Let's ask him to bless our time. Father, we thank you for your scriptures. We thank you for the light they give, for the teaching and instruction, the guidance that we gain from this word. We thank you that this is, as it were, the eyes that we need. Your holy words are our eyes that we can use to look upon you. That we can gaze through these words and see the immortal, invisible, only wise God. We ask that you would bless the reading and now the preaching of this word as we look to this new year that is to come. Do a work and a wonder in us tonight, we ask, through your scriptures and for the glory of Christ. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. New Year's Eve is that time of year when millions of Americans and people all over the world declare their New Year's resolutions. Uh, We really get into this, right? Some of us really get into New Year's resolutions. 
I, I was looking up on the internet some, some different resolutions people have for this year, and the one I found the most humorous, there were, you know, lots of serious ones, but then the, the most humorous one I found said, my New Year's resolution this year is to help all my friends gain 10 pounds so I look skinnier. <laughs> Some people really get into it. <clears throat> and, you know, what's, what's, uh, what, what's this deal with resolutions? Why do we do this? Well, all, all of us have these goals, right? We all have these hopes and these dreams that a new year offers. Uh, the promise of a new year, a clean slate, a chance to hit restart, to start over and really do things right this time. We're all so full of ambition and motivation at this time of year to do better, to be better in the coming year. And you know, when I worked at a, uh, as a manager at a bookstore, at Books A Million, uh, we had this whole section. Maybe other bookstores have had this. They had a whole section around this time of year that was called New Year, New You. It was all the self-help and dieting and motivation and personal transformation and personal wellness. And you name it, we had all the categories, New Year, New You. And that's really what New Year's resolutions is about. It's about New Year, New You. And what's under that, that cultural thing, New Year's resolutions? What's under that is this knowledge that we all have about ourselves that... We need to change. Nobody in this room, no one watching, none of us, I would be willing to bet, none of us have this thought. You know, I want to be exactly where I am and exactly the way I am one year from now. Because I got it all together and I got it all figured out and I didn't really have any mistakes and I have no regrets from this past year. Yeah, I've arrived. No change is needed. <laughs> So my, my goal is to just stay the same for the next 365. Nobody thinks that. Nobody feels that way. Even if they talk a big game, they don't actually believe that. We don't even live up to our own standards. All of us deep down know something's got to change. And, 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 we, and we're searching for all those little tweaks and all those little adjustments and all those little rearrangements that we need to do to get things just the way they need to be and then I'll be fulfilled and then I'll be happy. Then I will have arrived and I'll have that contentment that just eludes me so often. New Year's resolutions is about, it's a little cultural parable about the need we all feel inside. That we need to change. New year, new you. That's what it's about. In our passage tonight, Paul gives the church some very important instructions that apply to you as a Christian for how you should approach your New Year's resolutions. What should your number one resolution be as a Christian for 2021? In the midst of all the other, probably healthy, good, normal, mature, adult resolutions that we have. In the midst of all that, what should be number one for a Christian? The answer is in verse 7 of our text. Paul says, 
have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, here it is, train yourself for godliness. This is your vocation, your holy calling. This is the resolution that ought to dictate everything else you and I set out to do in 2021. Ask yourself this question. What does God want me to resolve to do this year? What resolution does God desire of me? What does the Lord Jesus, the one that I claim to follow, expect of me in 2021? Now, there are certainly several correct biblical answers to that question. There are probably lots of things God wants each of us to do. But one of those things that's at the top of the list is this commandment in verse 7. Train yourself, or it could be translated, discipline yourself for godliness. And what I want us to do this evening is to spend a few moments examining this passage in 1 Timothy 4. Look at it together with this question in mind, and it's the question that's just above point one on the back of your handout. How do we train ourselves for godliness? If this is what we should be doing, how do I do it? What should I be focusing on? What should I be trying to do in 2021 to make it a reality? And I've got three points from the passage for us to look at. Distance, decisions, and dedication. So let's look at the first. Distance. The first thing we must do to train ourselves for godliness is practice distance. Now, if there's one thing we've already had a lot of practice at, it's putting distance. Social distancing. Right? So you've already had some practice. Social distancing. That's sort of the external training wheels that we need for what this verse is calling for. Spiritual distancing. That's the real key. Not just social distancing, but spiritual distancing. Look at verse 7 again. Paul says, Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather... Train yourself for godliness. Now, notice that word, rather. Rather means stop doing one thing and replace it with this other thing. He says, have nothing to do with, avoid X, and rather than X, have Y. Drop the one and pick up the other. That word rather tells us that we need to put distance between you and those old ways that God is calling you out of. Distance is all about practicing separation. Or to use the more spiritual word, holiness. And at the end of the day, what is holiness really? If you just, if you just cut through the spiritual language and just in, in, in plain words, what is holiness? And when you get right down to it, 
Holiness is separation from the things that displease God. Holiness is putting distance between yourself and the things and the activities that the holy God despises. Holiness includes not just the separation from the one, but the taking up of something in its place. It means replacing your old ways with the things that please God. Give up one thing and take up another. Stop doing the one and rather than doing that, train yourself for godliness. Now Paul tells his readers that they should have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Apparently this was a particular problem for Paul's original audience. They needed to give up paying attention to irreverent, silly myths. But pull it forward into your life, into your context where you live, in your family, in your world. What are the things in your life in 2020 that you should have nothing to do with in 2021? What unholy things do you need to distance yourself from? And it just gets right down to the question, do you want to be godly? Do you want godliness in 2021? Or do you think you have enough of it? Or is there more? Is there more? Is God calling us to more? More godliness. And godliness just is being like God. Being godly, reflecting what He's like in our own lives. Imperfectly as we do, that's what it's about. Do you want to be godly? New year, new you? Then something's got to go, Christian. Something's got to go. Newness starts with holiness. We have to train, discipline ourselves for godliness. And the first step is spiritual distancing. Putting distance between us and the things that displease God. Getting rid of the ungodliness and pursuing godliness. That's number one. How do we train ourselves to be godly? Number one, distance from ungodly things. Now number two, decisions. Step two in training ourselves for godliness is making decisions. Look with me at verses 8 and 9. Paul ends verse 7 by saying, train yourself for godliness. Verse 8, for while bodily training is of some value... Godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy, verse 9, and deserving of full acceptance. Paul here says that it is absolutely certain in verse 9 that godliness holds out promise for this earthly life, your day-to-day -day life right here and now, and also for eternity, for the life that is to come. 
He insists that training for godliness is more important, more valuable than bodily training. Now, he doesn't deny the value of bodily training, but he does subordinate it. He does subordinate it. Look what he says. For while bodily training is of some value... All those external New Year's resolutions type things we do for becoming a more balanced, mature, emotionally secure, mentally tough, balanced, well-rounded, well-adjusted, functioning adult in the modern world, which is a good thing. We should all be trying to be mature adults. While all the things we do at that level to become better people, better citizens better employees, you name it. While that has some value, all those external things, godliness is a value in every way. He subordinates the external training to the internal. So the point is, you need to make some decisions. What do you value? Where are your values? That's the word Paul uses. Bodily training is of some value. What do you value? Do you value the things of this life most? Or the things of eternity? Which is more important? It's time to make some decisions for 2021. We need to adjust our values in line with God's values. We need to find most important what God says is most important. We don't need to be so wise in our own eyes that we think we know better, that we think we're wiser than God. Our priorities, our values are often skewed, distorted, disoriented, out of focus. We get lost in our own thing, we get caught up in our own stuff. And we lose focus, and we falter, and we fail, and we feel discontent, and we wonder what's going on. Where are your values? Adjust your values in line with God's values. It means making the kinds of choices about our lives that show that we're prioritizing godliness. If there are things that you want to change in your life is with, with, your, with your health or your weight or whatever it is, Obviously, you have to change some things you were doing. You have to fix the kinds of things you're eating. You have to change the certain thing, the habits you have and the things that you're doing. You have to prioritize for that change or it's never going to happen. It's the same with this, only more so. We have to prioritize in practical, nitty-gritty ways for godliness. Adjust your habits, your routines, your schedule to prioritize becoming more godly. We need to make some decisions. That's number two. How do we train to be godly? Like verse 7 says. It starts with distancing ourselves from those things that displease God. And then it means making the kinds of decisions about our daily lives that prioritize godliness and get our values in line with what God says to value and to think is most important. And now the third thing, dedication. Dedication. This is where 
what, 95% of New Year's resolutions? Crash and burn. Right? The gym will be full for the coming month. And it will be empty by March. Right? Because we start out like a bullet out of a gun. We're gung-ho. We're doing it. And then, well, this came up, but I'll do it tomorrow. And then this comes up, and I don't feel like it today. And then, and then it just falls away. And then by June, you're like, well, the whole thing's a bust. That's because for so many of our resolutions, it's a great idea, but we don't have the dedication to see it through. We don't have the gruff, the grit, the stick to to push through and get it done. That's true of just external, ordinary bodily training. Don't underestimate the effort it takes to be godly. The whole let go and let God thing isn't how it works. Jesus take the wheel might be a nice old country song, but it's not actually how becoming godly works. So the last point is dedication. Dedication. The third step in training for godliness. This will require mental determination. Spiritual dedication to stick with it and grow in godliness. And the question is, dedication to what? Dedication to what? Specifically, the passage tells us. Look at verse 6. Paul says, if you put these things, he's telling Timothy, the preacher here, the pastor of this congregation, if you put these things before the brothers, the Christians in your church, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Dedication to what? Dedication to be in God's Word and to grow in your knowledge of God. Being trained, right? Train yourself for godliness. Verse 6 says, being trained in the words of the faith and in the good doctrine that you have followed. Be in God's life-giving, life-changing, powerful Word. And when you go there, be on a mission to get to know your God as intimately as you can. Look for who He is. Look for His character, for His attributes, for His glory. Look for what He calls you to do, for the promises He makes to you. Grow in the words of the faith. Be trained in those words. Get in the habit and the routine of putting that word down inside and growing in your knowledge of who this God is. And then finally, verse 10, the end of the passage. For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people especially of those who believe. We have to set our hope on the living God because He's the only hope we have. 
We set our hope on the living God. And then we don't just let go and let God. No, we set our hope on Him. We trust in Him to do the work we need on the inside because we can't do it ourselves. But as we put our hope in Him and as we trust Him to be our Savior, to deliver us from our ungodliness, then it's time to get to work. For to this end we toil and we strive. We struggle and we labor. We get to work putting that word that we're studying, those words of the faith, we get to work putting them into practice each day. And we make the decisions we need to make to prioritize fulfilling the will of God. And being about His business and living for His kingdom and not our own little temporal kingdoms that will crumble to dust at Christ's return. We're to be about His business. Distance, decisions, and then a dedication to following through with the Word. Verse 15. Look down at verse 15 as we close. Paul says, practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. This is ultimately what we want, isn't it? We want to make progress. We don't want to be sitting here a year from now and we're same old, same old. Nothing's changed. And we're still struggling with the same old things we struggle with and nothing's Nothing seems to be any different and we just live a defeated Christian life. No, we want to change. And as we make progress, as we practice these things, we immerse ourselves in doing the things God calls us to do. You get to, when you get to a year from now and you can look back and say, God, I am a million miles from where I need to be, but thank God I am not where I was a year ago. You are raising the dead in me. Every day. You are changing me. You are working on me. I am better. I am new. And you are continuing to be faithful. To help me be what you've called me to be. We've set our hope on the living God. And there will be... You cannot imagine the joy you will have. If you can look back after a year and say, Wow. Wow. Look how much he's changed me. Look what he's used me to do. Look how different I am. And all glory goes to him. So that you have the joy of getting to say thank you to to the Lord. And not be prideful. It starts here. Distance. Making those tough decisions. And then crying out to God. For the dedication to see it through. And he promises us victory and joy. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you've given us this powerful word and you lay out for us everything that we need to do and everything we need to believe to be godly in your sight. You have laid it all out. There are many things in your word that are obscure to us. We don't understand some of it. Sometimes we have a hard time interpreting this or that verse. But the key things, the most important things, everything that each one of us needs for life and for godliness, for faith and for salvation, you have laid out 
so plainly and so clearly. Everything you require us to believe and to do is laid out for us. If we'll just go to this book and we'll open it up and we'll ask the Holy Spirit to give our eyes light and sight and open our heart to receive it. Oh God, I pray that you would help me as a Christian, as a husband, as a pastor, as a fellow Christian to these wonderful people that I have the privilege of being in this church with. I ask that you would do this work in my heart. Let it start with me, Lord. And I pray that each of us would have that prayer. Oh, let it start with us. And may we be amazed at the transformation that we see a year from now, not only in ourselves, but in our church. Oh, that we would be the church you are calling us to be in this coming year. Prepare us for what's ahead. And give us the dedication we need to train ourselves for godliness. For your great glory, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.